You are listening to Engaging and Exciting Conversation on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast. Get ready. Now. All right. How's everybody doing? Welcome to the Radiant Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Cookie Monster. And um, today, of course, I have my usual suspect, T Mac. T Mac, how's it going? Good, good. How are you? All right, I'm good. I'm good. Um, and then today we're joined by a very special guest. In fact, before we get to the guest, we've got another usual suspect in the house, Kuwaza. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's quite the words, right? It's the right word. Yeah. Quite the usual yeah. suspect. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so of course, you know, Kowaza needs no introduction. Um, and then today we've got a very special guest, somebody who's going to be um, helping us or joining us for this conversation, which is a very, very important conversation that we're having. Um, so everybody, welcome Chennai. Hey, Chennai. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is Chennai, aka Chen. Uh, Chen is a good friend of ours, and um, uh, maybe maybe uh, Chen, yeah, do you want to just introduce simple. introduce yourself quickly? Yeah, uh, I mean, apart from my name, what else do you want to know, though? Um, uh, my name you know. is Chennai, Chennai Kumba. I have known Kuda and Tanya for like I think I I met you guys in high school, guys, and I turned thirty five. <laughs> Turned 35 two days ago. Do you know how insane that is? So it's like, it's like almost 20 years ago. Um, so I oh, you when, you, it when like, you put it when you put it that way, it's like, like, <laughs> so I mean, yeah, I mean, Chennai, I, I'm a researcher by profession. I work for a, a Pan African NGO, currently based in uh, Zambia, uh, doing the working from home thing thanks to COVID. Um, have a dog who you saw briefly earlier. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's. I think that's it. That's it about me. No, oh, cool, cool. Anyway, so we're gonna we're gonna um, race along because our because time is is not on our side today. So today we're gonna be talking about, um, I think, a subject that pretty much the whole Christian community has been speaking about over the last the last couple of days. Uh, and it's the subject of the famous, popular Christian apologist Ravi Zacharias. And um, yeah. you know, I, I know, I know. There's been a lot of videos done by so many different um, YouTubers and other uh, Christian leaders already. So you know, initially I thought, do we really need to do something? Then I thought, you know what? One of the things that we've done is that we we actually did a whole tribute to Ravi. And uh, for those of you who don't know, yep. Ravi was a huge. <laughs> Ravi was a huge influence um, for for us when when we when we started Radiant Culture. So you know, I just thought it would be befitting for us to do to do this. So yeah. So for those of you who may not know, um, over the last couple of weeks, there's been an investigation that was um, taking place, uh, basically concerning Ravi Zacharias that he'd been involved in sexual misconduct, and then uh, last last week uh, the report came out which is quite a damning report, you know, to, to say the least. And so we're, we're going to be talking about that today. And so the subject today is Ravi, fraud or flawed? Uh, so yeah, guys, let's, let's, let's take it away. Let's take it away. This is a very, 
I know it's a bit of a sensitive one, but I guess my, my first yeah. question yeah. Um, would, would be that uh, how, how do we even begin to make sense of this? You know, uh, how, how does it make sense that somebody who was so famous, so popular, um, somebody who was used by God, really, you know, just based on what we saw, you know, how, how does it make sense that somebody like that could also have all these things in the background? Maybe yeah. let's start there. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Very difficult uh, subject uh, and topic. But, you know, when you... Yeah, I, I'm, I'm thinking about the question used by God. Uh, who was using who? Was he used by God or was he ultimately using God's gifts? You know what I mean? I think there's a difference between being used by God and which is you're walking in the Spirit, you're walking with God and doing what things according to how God expects, and then you've got a gift that you're using, uh, you know, in which way that you see fit. And I don't think we need to look further than someone like Judas Iscariot. You know, if you think about how Judas um, cleansed lepers, raised the dead, preached the gospel in two by two, uh, did all sorts of exploits. Uh, there was a time when people started, stopped following Jesus because Jesus said, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part in me. And so many disciples left and he stuck around. He was loyal, you know, when so many people left. But all along, you were stealing money from uh, the, the treasury. So, uh, and still he was an apostle. Still he was able to do all those things. So it's, if you're looking for precedent, there is that. Um it is possible for people to be able to use gifts because the Bible says that the calling uh, and the gifts of God are, you know, without repentance. So someone can continue to function on a gift. Someone can continue to operate in their gift uh, at a place where their character should not be allowing them to do. Um, and that's always the cautionary tale. We also have Matthew 7 verse 22 that talks about how there are going to be people who are going to be shocked, you know, when Jesus says, uh, I never knew you. And they will like, hang on. <laughs> but hey, hey, in your name, yeah. We prophesied and we did this and we did that. What do you mean? Uh, you have no, we have no part in the kingdom. And you'll say, "Go away from me! I never knew you, you workers of wickedness." So you, you have people who will be shocked on the day because, yeah. for as far as I'm concerned, what that they were doing was proof that they were in, you know, they were in the in crowd, and then to be told that you're not, uh, you know, is actually going to be a surprise. So it's very possible that people who are being used of God, uh, you know, end up uh, coming up short like this. Okay. Yeah. So I, I think um, a question that a lot of people have, just piggybacking off what you just said, is that uh, let's say they were being used by God or whatever they would give. What do we now do with what they've left us with in terms of the content, the, the messages, the lectures, the whatever, like all of that rich content that came forth from this person a lot of people now just want to be like nah let's just take it out of the library remove his books from your shelf he was this flawed or he was this fake person so we can't is there a separation between the fruits of the individual and the actual individual um well, I don't know if I'm supposed to take that if, if I want to take that I'm, I'm not sure but um <laughs> Yeah. My so, maybe, uh, so Kuwaza, you can go, you can go first and then, and then Chen, oh, okay. Chen, you can jump. Okay, in. great. Yeah. So I think that we need to be able to separate yeah. uh, the work from the character. Pretty much like what we would do with um, 
other professions in the world where a doctor is a good doctor, uh, even if in their own personal life, they've got all sorts of problems. So they're sleeping around or they've got a drug addiction. But when they're at work and they're doing their best, at the, you know, and they're doing what they know how to do, they are respected for how well they do what they do. And if they're not doing well enough, they are excluded. So on the basis of that, I think there's that there's room for us to do that. Of course, in the Christian uh, community, it's a bit difficult, uh, different because your job description is basically uh, part of it is who you are when no one is watching. You know, so character is very important to uh, what you do. So it's very difficult to separate for a Christian minister their work from their character. Your character and your work are in, you cannot separate them. If you look at First Timothy chapter three verses one to seven, that talk about the qualifications of an elder. Almost all of them are about character. Only one has to do with gifting, which is ability to teach. So character is very important. So it's very difficult. You can do it. Uh, in this age of cancel culture, it will be very difficult for people to continue listening because someone will say, I cannot uh, bear to listen to someone who was accused or who has been proven to have had sexual assault allegations uh, that were true and there was uh, allegations of rape as well and the deception. I can't bear myself to listen to him because every time I listen to anything he says, all I can think about are those things that he was doing and is accused of. So I think it just yeah. depends on the individual. If you're able to separate the two, then I'm sure you can go ahead and listen. But if you know that listening to that is going to be a challenge, it's just going to be triggering uh, to use a word that uh, people like to use uh, these days, then okay. it's best to alone and find somebody else. Yeah. All right. I think, All right. I, think I completely agree um, with what Chidi said. Um, yeah, I think maybe just to backtrack a little bit, you're completely right, Kuna. I think there's been so much conversation about, about this discussion on, on Ravi, and I think especially on Facebook where everybody has different perspectives and views. But I, I think for me, one of the things is, as Christians that we like to sort of lean towards is creating rules um, and, and, and laws around certain things. But I think, you know, when it comes to certain things like this, it, I, I definitely agree with Shinji. I want to say it depends on you, your personal conviction and, and where, you, where you stand. I... I I, I don't, for example, if somebody says to me, I can't listen to Ravi anymore, I, I, you know, I, I wouldn't think anything, I wouldn't think ill of that person. But I think if somebody is still able to engage with the material, because again, of what Shingi said, people still had these, he still had this gift, right? Um, again, it wouldn't be somebody that, I, I wouldn't judge that person. It's interesting, I, I was thinking back to um, a couple of years ago, I think you remember we um, that song Hila from 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 Hillsong, and um, it's uh -huh. yes, I remember that story. Oh wow, that band, yes. <laughs> you remember? <laughs> yeah. Man. Turns out that the, the the guy who wrote the song, you know, was was a fraud the whole time. Um, some churches continue to sing it, and some churches. You know, completely didn't. Um, and, and I think really it, it depends on you, your personal convictions, where you stand, whether you think you can or can't. I, I don't think it's necessary for us as Christians to now say, okay, from here on, no more rabbis work. You know what I mean? I think it depends on each individual. All right. Wow. Okay, so um, I think in... in I love that you brought that healer example up because I'd actually totally forgotten about that because that caused quite a yeah. <laughs> that, that caused quite a stir, right? It was crazy. Yeah. But you know, the I think I think what what really brings a lot of confusion um where this Ravi case is concerned is that um any person who has listened to Ravi, and you know, I'll speak from a personal, just from a, from a personal um, standpoint where I, I listened to heaps of Ravi stuff, you know, like hundreds of his sermons. 
I read his books. I've got his books. You know, I've taken courses with with their ministry. I even um, know some of the itinerant speakers personally. You know, and so so you listen to all of that, and then um, his message, everything that he used to, everything he used to teach, the way he used to point so many people to the truth. I think that the thing that um, is disorienting about that is that mm. now trying how such such a person, right, could be living, or rather, let me say, a person who taught that kind of stuff would then go out and live a life that is the total opposite of that. You know, I think that that's, it's very disorienting for a lot of people. I think it's different from like somebody who's like a pastor, uh, you know, yeah. if they have an affair or something happens, it's totally different from somebody who's actually, you know, he, who defends the gospel in the, in the public arena, you know, and then, you know, you hear this, you're like, okay, dude, but like, seriously. Uh, but then I just want us to, um, to, to discuss something that I think is very pertinent, very sensitive, very important um, surrounding this whole case, which is the victims of, of all of this. So the question I actually want to ask is this. So th- there seems to be, you know, we're, we're living in a very interesting culture where sometimes there's extremes, right? Where you've got one camp, and I noticed this with this Ravi case, you've got one camp that's saying, you know, it's all about the victims, the victims were done, were, were done wrong. And of course, you know, that, 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 that's it, you know, we, we have to focus on the victims. But it's almost as if it's like, nothing else matters but the victims. So you've, you've got that camp. Then you've got people who are like, yes, um, the victims are important, but we also can't let this great ministry just fall apart, you know, because of this. So I just want to, I want to, I want to hear what you guys have to say about that, because I've heard, you know, many different <laughs> views on, on this. Yeah. I mean, I, think, I, think, um, I definitely, I think for me, my, my heart, broke for the victims, I think particularly given that this wasn't the first time, you know, this this kind of incident was coming up and I and I think more than anything, I'm I'm so um appreciative of just the honesty and transparency that the the ministry took, right? Yeah. And sort of revealing everything that happened and and in and indicating that they actually played a part, right? Because when this initiative first yeah. came out, they didn't really put in place the correct accountability measures, right? Um, and so to some extent they actually enabled and I think for a ministry to come and say that, that that's that's incredible. Um, I think with regards to your question, but I don't think I don't think that two things are mutually exclusive. I think it's very, very possible for him to be, you know, this man that that we all come to know as a as as a rapist, you know, as somebody who was um, you know, sort of going out and and, and abusing women. That doesn't take away from the fact that he did do some some good work. Do you know what I mean? Um, I, yeah. I don't think I don't think it, it cancels that. It, it definitely, and I think Shingi spoke to this is is heartbreaking because unlike other professions, you know how you live your life is supposed to be is supposed to be a part of your ministry, right? The heart behind the person who's writing a book um, is important as well. Um, I, 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 again, I don't think one cancels the other, but I think. Currently, and I think what is important is that we've just had this revelation. I think the minute you but are already silencing the voices of the victims. Um, I right. think we have had years of praising Ravi and his work, but I definitely think we now need to give voice um, to the women who are now coming out and saying this is what's happened and really addressing that situation because I think it speaks to a systematic um, concern we need to be thinking through right, as the church, and we need to also be giving um, enough attention to how we address that. So I, I definitely think 
we talk about this, the but does not have any uh, place in this conversation as far as I'm concerned. But yeah. that doesn't mean that he, yeah. he did. He did, right? So, I mean, you're talking about less courses that you took and all of these things. He did, you, you know what I mean? And you can't deny that there was a certain level of spiritual growth, you know, um, that happened when you took those courses. But it's not the time to have that conversation. I think right now it's those women and what we need to do to address that issue within the church as a whole, because it's not just Rabbi, right? I yeah. think you wrote in your book. There's, there's Carl Lenz as well, right? And and all of these yeah. things. That's, I think, yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Thanks, Chen. Yeah, Who was it? Yeah, I agree with what Chen was saying that, you know, when you, when you think about the victims, I think for me, the bravery that it took for them to come out and speak out against a guy this well-known, this well-loved and followed and respected, it, it takes a lot because they would have gone through a lot in terms of um, accusations of looking for prominence and relevance, uh, you know, you invited it upon yourself, you know, all these kind of things that people say, and then you've got threats, you've got a lot of attention that you don't want or need. So they have to be applauded for their bravery, you know, coming out and saying, this is what happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a pity that he's now late. And uh, a lot of those yeah. women might struggle to find closure. It would have been good for him to be around to then confront what has uh, come out and apologize. Of course, it's just a small part, but it's, it would have been a big, big, uh, deal for I, I think for them to have someone of his stature apologize and uh, not stature but someone who did what the what he did to own his mess and apologize and and, and all that but that closure is not going to be available to them. I don't know yeah. how many of them were Christians uh, and whether we are able then to say may they find healing in the Lord but definitely they need uh, an opportunity they need to find. I don't know what ways that could help them. I think people deal with this kind of thing differently. The ministry could could offer to to pay for counseling or pay for whatever uh, that needs to be done. I think that's 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 necessary. Uh, it doesn't help that uh, there's an NDA, and I think the family could have helped, and those that are in charge of his estates can help uh, with the healing process and also uh, with regard to repentance to say, okay, we're going to release some of the, I think there's one lady or two who are under an NDA and release them from the terms of the NDA to allow them to speak and find closure for themselves and let this come out and then really uh, not just do piecemeal stuff, but across the board sweeping um, reform and allowing people to speak and getting healing and all that sort of thing. So I think that would be very important uh, for the victims uh, at this stage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so just, you know, speaking to what you've just said, the Kuwaza, so the ministry actually has taken some very definitive steps. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff that, that they've said is getting done, um, to help the victims or things like counseling. I think they've engaged, um, an organization that handles all of that. So I think, you know, just similar to the way that they handled the whole, the whole case, um, I think they're going to be doing something similar with, with, with the victims to try and and assist them. And of course, you know, uh, one of the things that I've seen is that actually several of the other branches of RZIM are separate. They're basically dismantling uh, f- from the, the dismantling the whole organization in a sense, the, the behemoth. 
um, organization. I think it's going to be broken down into smaller parts. They're probably going to rebrand. So there is some, there are some steps that are being taken. Uh, but just going back to the to the subject of the the victims themselves, you know, I want to. I guess I want to hear from uh, the two ladies that are here that. One of the things I've seen in, in just in, in the Christian community is that there seems to be this silencing of, of, women, of, of women's voices, right? And within the church, a lot of the leadership you're seeing is male leadership. You know, and often you, you begin to see that things are happening to women, but there's no one speaking out because I guess a lot of the leadership is male or a lot of the women then end up not even having the, the courage to stand up and speak out and yet things are being done. So maybe, you know, if we can just talk about that to say, what, what do you believe needs to change um, in, in, in the Christian world, I guess, um, as a whole? And I know that's a bit of a general, huge, like huge category there, but I'm just saying, <laughs> what, what, what are some of the things that need, that, that you believe need to change um, in the way that we're doing church, in the way we're doing Christianity, where, where women are concerned? I, th I think for me, without trying to underplay it, but you, you expect this kind of stuff in the world, right? Um, if mm -hmm. anything, the church is supposed to be going out into the world and changing the culture, right? Um, the the mm -hmm. church is, is, is who should be, as far as I'm concerned, at the forefront of movements such as Me Too. Um, and so, and so like, I personally, I am of the view that I think that there needs to be a, a, like a recognition of the value of women as equal as equals. I think full stop, right? Um, and and I think we've seen you know throughout time immemorial where certain scriptures are used to you know do away with that, right? Do away with that recognition. And I think and I think there's a lot of um, sort of history, right? That's related to it. And so we need to see a lot more. Um, church is taking a stand um, and it needs to be I think the male pastors who are sort of char charting the way forward right where they're the ones who are bringing women into leadership positions um, where they're not being awkward about I don't want to mentor a girl just because you know what I mean like d different things like that, that that disenfranchise women within the church I think it needs to be an intentional um, you know, putting women in positions of leadership, right? So that, like I said, we go out into the world. Um, but I think that's one of the ways you can then start to actually give recognition to the voice of women, right? So in situations like this, there's no questioning or doubting. Um, but there, there, there is an understanding that, hey, women in the church also have something to say. Tanya, I can see you back. I don't know if you want to. Yeah, I, I probably missed most of what you said. <laughs> but... Um... <laughs> Yeah, I think just like in any organization, you need to have structures where a report can be made, if you get what I mean. Like, like right now, when I think something happened to me in my church with a leader, I'm not even sure who I'd tell or where I'd go or who to speak to. Maybe I'd tell a female pastor, but if she doesn't do anything, then I'll just let her go. Or maybe I'll just leave the church quietly and that's the end of that. So because people always assume they're the only one yeah. who have experienced this thing with that individual, they just think, oh, well, no one's going to believe me because I'm probably just the only one. They'll blame me. They'll think, oh, well, what were you wearing? Why did he kind of thing? So I think you need very, very clear structures. And I think the church just ignores it because they assume it's not happening because like you said, the church is supposed to be righteous. It's supposed to be a safe place. Yeah. So we don't, think ahead to have like a department which can deal with these sort of things or a reporting structure whereby someone knows that if I tell them 
then this someone is going to do something about it. Like it's not just going to end up at the bottom of someone's drawer. So, yeah, I think we just need to think of more circumspect, that's even a word, and preempt these things because we've already established that the church is full of imperfect people and imperfect leaders too. So we have to have the structures in place, whether we like it or not. Make sure that people do have a safe place where they can bring it to attention and have it actually be dealt with. And I think maybe he was strategic in that he wasn't necessarily targeting people in his own church. It was people, his employees from the massage parlor or whatever. But still, they should have known that, okay, if I go to that church, someone at reception can direct me to where I can lodge a complaint about this guy. But they probably just went, yeah. ah, it's a church. They don't, they're not going to do anything. No, but I mean, yeah. like just... On that point, when you when you hear about like when you read the report and you think about just how like thought out <laughs> right his 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 behavior was mm-hmm. how strategic right like how he wasn't linked for example to the church Wi-Fi right <laughs> how like there's certain you know things that he did that really should have been red flags and I think maybe could I talk about this later but just the idea of you know who holds leaders accountable. Do you, know, do you know what I mean? I think there was a huge, yeah. huge gap there. But absolutely, I yeah. think there needs to be just because for exactly like you've said, ultimately, in as much as we are the body of Christ, we are still flawed. We are still humans, right? And so we, we need to make provision for when sin happens, unfortunately and sadly. Um, these are the mechanisms we're putting in place to address it. Wow. Well, thank, thank you guys for this. Um, you know, I think as a guy, as, as I'm thinking, as I'm processing this, uh, I think one of the gaps that I see there is is like what you've mentioned that in in our church structures sometimes like there's no um, proactive steps that are taken to say if this sort of thing happens where does one go I think people naturally assume that just because somebody's a pastor they're gonna they're gonna, they're gonna do right uh, people just naturally assume that everyone is is living the right way there's no way that pastor so and so is gonna is gonna abuse um, a woman in the church. There's no way. And so this is actually very good that we, we do need to realize that this is something that is happening and um, we need to do something about it. Um, just as we, as we race along, I'm going to take it back. Just one okay, more thing sure. on, on that in terms of when someone comes forward. I don't know why our knee-jerk reaction is, well, sometimes the church is to defend the person who's being accused of something. Because you think, oh, well, she's just lying. Or if it's a male person who's been abused, they're just making it up. Why would someone risk their whole reputation and their own... I don't know. Like, I don't understand why that's the first reaction. Could you hey, what? They're just making it up or they're exaggerating what happened or they just want to extort the man of God. There's easier ways to extort someone than to come forward and say, I was raped by them. So I think we also need yeah. to deal with our own um, mindset when it comes to victims who come forward, like your first reaction should not be their lying. Your first reaction should yeah. be compassion. It should be, let me hear the rest of the story. Let me try and understand what happened rather than to jump to defend your leader because you think he's infallible. Yeah. This, this, this actually goes back to the issue that we discussed in our previous episode with Kowaza when we're talking about pedestalizing, right? Um, mm-hmm. That, 
leaders are pedestalized and that's that word that you coined there yeah. Kowaza. Um, so maybe if we can just go back to to that to say um, we did speak about accountability but yeah. Kuwaza, uh, again going back to this where where do you see where do you feel the gap is in our accountability accountability structures well the gap is i think at the, is a hot issue uh, in the main uh, i think i'm a, i'm not a fan of accountability as far as if a person is not committed from the heart and the people that are holding each other accountable are not committed to living holy then it's it's a waste of time yeah. I've been uh, in accountability sessions and partnerships where it just, you know, just goes into this session where you are, you know, everyone's just saying, I'm struggling with this and struggling, and everyone's kind of relieved. I'm not the only one struggling with this, you know. <laughs> and no one is really coming across and saying, but gentlemen, you know, this is not acceptable. This is not how we do things. The scripture says, you know, and no one is, is there to really... So accountability, as long as people don't are not hating sin and they are not seeing sin as grave as it is, accountability is not going to really work. And then it also comes down to us as uh, individuals. Do we have expectations of accountability? You know, First uh, Timothy 5, verse 19 to 20, Paul says to Timothy, do not entertain an accusation against an elder unless it is brought by two or three witnesses, which shows that there was uh, a place, there was room for people to bring uh, complaints against leadership, just that uh, there was a way of sifting what's just, because they will come, I mean, we have to be aware that there are people who will, who will do a lot of things, they will risk their reputation because maybe they're being paid or something like that. And the devil is always accusing the brethren. So there are going to be people who are, who are accusing falsely. But uh, the scripture says that someone, must, then there should be investigations, right? So if there's two or three witnesses bringing the case, okay, so we've got grounds to then investigate. Let's investigate. I don't know how many people, when they're joining a church uh, and they're doing the membership course or whatever passes as a membership course for, for the churches, how many people actually then say as part of the questions that they're allowed to ask, uh, so if I have a problem with the pastor, if I have a problem with the leader, what is your process? What are your protocols yeah. for yeah. me to uh, address it? And then who do I see? What, you know, we, we, we don't make that as a case. We don't make that as a condition for joining a church. If you don't have accountability structures, if you don't have someone that if you are messing up, I can go and talk to, then I'm not going to join your church because you guys are not serious about doing the work of God in the way that the word of God says you should do. So I think it also comes down to us as well to say, are we pushing the envelope from the congregation side? Because these guys will get away with as much as they feel that they can get away with. You know what I mean? So I don't know if I've answered the question, but <laughs> there's a lot to say yeah. to it. We don't have as much time as we would like to deal with it as, as fully as we should. All right. Thank you for that, Kowaza. Thank you for that. Um, and then I, th I guess, you know, just my, my other question would be going, going forward, because, you know, obviously there's, there's a lot of people who've been affected by this. Um, and then, and, and Chen, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this one at you just to say, what, what would you say to, to people who may find themselves in a, in a situation where, where they've been harmed by a church leader or where they they've become despondent because of all the other things that they're seeing happen, um, you know, within, within church structures. And of course, I'm, I'm speaking here directly to, to, to women, you know, that, that what, what would you say as a fellow woman 
um, to someone who finds themselves in that position. And let me add this to say, maybe it's somebody who's even beginning to struggle with their own confidence in God because, because of this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a hard one um, because of the society I think we live in. Um, I think we've seen many cases where, for example, you want to tell women to speak out, right? Um, where women have done that and then found themselves completely vilified, right? And have, have their lives ruined. And so you then find a lot of women saying, you know, this is actually not worth it because um, I'm the one who's likely to be harmed. So it's, it's, it's difficult. You know, I, I can't prescribe anything, but... I, I think if 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 there is if it's possible, you, you want to encourage women to to speak out, um, to to seek help. Again, that's difficult if you don't have the structures. Um, it's also difficult if you're living in a space, culture, society where you know you're going to be the one that um, ends up being more harmed. I've, I've, for example, been in that situation where I, I something happened to me, but I had nobody I could go to, right, to speak to it because I knew that it would harm mm. me more than any good that it would bring to light. So it's 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 a really, really difficult one. I think I would throw that to you, Kuna, um, and say that at the end of the day, in many of these conversations, men live in privilege, do you know what I mean? So if anybody is going to help um, push the envelope and create these systems, spaces and changes in culture, it really needs to be a... a, a, a uh, a conversation that's being had by both men and women where men are actively yeah. saying we have a problem and we also need to be a part of the solution. Mm. Okay. Awesome. I agree. Awesome. Um, Chen, thank you so much. And I know you have to dash for your thank you for your other Chen. engagement. Thank you so much. We're gonna we're gonna have you thank back. You yeah, this was fun. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks. Okay, cool. So then my my next question um, is concerning just as as we've been doing this whole the interactions rather that I've seen on this on this whole subject. One of the yeah. biggest points that's been brought up is no, but you know there's there's lots of biblical characters who were flawed in so many ways that God used. The obvious obvious one that's that's referenced is is David. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. um, Solomon and, and many, many other characters in the Bible who were seemingly very flawed, but were still used yeah. by God. Uh, yeah. So when we look at this whole, this whole Ravi situation, um, Kowaza, mm-hmm. w- would you say that um, given, given Ravi's track record, you know, if you understand how he started, if you understand even, you know, just even some of the sacrifices he made the price that he paid especially at the beginning of his ministry where you know the, the dude just went all out wanted you know wanted to serve god so it seems you know um so mm-hmm. is this a case of somebody somebody who who started right you know who really wanted to serve god but along the way you know things got strange and weird and then maybe he just then went you know it just went onto this slippery slope would you say that's the case? And then second, um, yeah. second question to that would be, how does that then um, dovetail with other biblical characters like David and the rest of them? Okay, so uh, short answer, I don't think there's a way of knowing um, <laughs> which one is which. I think only <laughs> God knows, to be honest. And that's a short answer. Yeah. And then 
expanding on that, I guess, is to say, you know, he could be like Samson, you know, Samson uh, had his issues with uh, women and then, you know, he, he would be sleeping with a prostitute one minute. Then the next, uh, he's carrying the gates and everything. And everything. <laughs> <laughs> so he's such an example of you know of um, a guy who was so flawed who in one minute is actually steeped in sin the next he's walking in the anointing you know he's carrying this thing um but you see him in Hebrews 11 mentioned you know the writer says I have uh, time doesn't permit me to speak of Jephthah Barak Gideon and Samson and you're Samson. Like, what, what are you doing here Samson <laughs> <laughs> you know you you know you actually had your eyes taken out and you had to ask for one last push so um Ravi could be in that category or he could be in the category of Judas Iscariot who also uh, did a lot of good, good stuff, you know, healed the sick, raised the dead, as I said earlier on, preached the gospel, went in the two by two uh, camp, um, or sorry, on the two by two mission where he went to preach the gospel to the, to, to the villages and the towns, but still um, had his place taken as an apostle by someone else, and he was, dis, uh, you know, described as a son of destruction. So we don't know which category uh, he fits in. Because the Bible shows us that it says he who perseveres to the end is the one who will be saved. So it's not so much about how you begin, it's about how you end. Again, in Ecclesiastes, it says the end of the matter is better than the beginning. So how yeah. you end the matter, how you end your life is what's important. And so wow. we cannot really say uh, in which camp um, Ravi falls, to be honest. Uh, yeah. I would hope that um, he's in the Samson category, but that's all we can do, really. Uh, I think that brings into sharp focus what Peter said in First Peter chapter, Second Peter chapter 1, towards the end of that, where he says that we should strive to make our calling and election sure. You know, sure, um, yeah. by having the character of Christ, basically, a godly character increasing all the more, so that we're not having to ask questions of, you know, the people who, after they, they die, um, and I'm not talking about Ravi, but just generally, you, you wonder whether they have gone to heaven or not, because on one hand, they'll talk about God and they'll pray, but the character that they had, you think, ah, you know, can I, with the safe conscience, if, if you're doing the eulogy, can you use scriptures that talk about First Thessalonians chapter 5, about how we will be caught up in the air, we might not grieve like those that don't have hope, but that those who fall asleep in Christ, can I say that with confidence about this person, you know what I mean? And then there are people who you can say yeah. it with confidence because you know the kind of life that they lived to the end, they were faithful and they were the kind of people that you know, good and faithful servant applies to them, you know, so uh, I think that's what we need yeah. to be striving that's, that's the lesson that we can learn from what uh, Ravi went through, to say Strive to make a calling and election show. Sure. Wow. And wow, man. The, the crazy thing about that is that at at his funeral, I think, you know, if you just if if you manage to to watch it, he was, you know, everyone was showering praises. You know, he was the one person that everyone was like, you know, this was the exemplary Christian leader. And yet this this comes out and it's just like, okay, <laughs> we, we don't know anymore. Um which actually then leads yeah, man, it's 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 crazy. But thank you for the way that that you've answered that. I think that helps a lot. Um, T Mike, if you've got anything to say, you, you disappeared there for a bit. Yeah, I actually don't even know what, what we're talking about right now. Because nice, nice yeah, airpods, by the way. <laughs> hey, I've joined the team. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs>
anyway, yeah, no, but, but anything that you want to <laughs> say from, from, from your end? Um, okay, it won't, probably won't be related to whatever you guys were discussing. But I think what um, the other thing that really angers me, disappoints me about these situations is that a lot of the time it's the world that is calling people out. Like, it's very rare for a church or a, a church leader to come of their own volition and confess something or apologize for something or to just own their stuff. It takes yeah. someone from the outside to come and just something and then there's a whole investigation or whatever. So it just, I don't know, it's just, it's just embarrassing, you know? It's just so embarrassing. Yeah. It just takes me back to high school in something and I, the Christians in our year group just looked so stupid. And the, the worldly people, the ones who were looking at us like, yeah, I mean, how could you guys not know? Like, come on, own it. And we were just there with our tails between our legs thinking, man, yeah, we look like some fools. So that's how I feel kind of like when these things always come out and it's like, ha, cool. Maybe it's because we're held to a higher standard, but even then, like, it mm -hmm. still seems like it's people from the outside who have to come in and clean up our act or hold us accountable when it should be happening from within anyway. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's, that's like, I think that's, that's a whole episode <laughs> by, <laughs> all, all by itself that that's, that's a loaded one. Uh, but, but of course, you know, I don't want us to, and thank you for that T-Mac. I think that's a very valid one. Uh, but as we speed along here, I think we want to wrap it up because of time. Uh, my, I guess my last question would be um, how, th th there are many people today, you know, who, who believe that they're called by God, who want, who really genuinely want to pursue their calling. And when something like this happens, you know, it's, it can be very disheartening. You know, you're, you're thinking, okay, if somebody like Ravi, can can fall or if he can live such a life what hope is there for me what hope is there for you know just for, for you and i the, the ordinary folk and so maybe you know can you just speak to people who are out there who who are aspiring you know just either people who are aspiring to ministry in some way um shape or form or people just like a, you know the average person who's just thinking i just want to serve god uh, what yeah. what hope is there for me if leaders are falling in this way? Yeah. Okay. So the first thing I'll say is um, I think just two things because we you know because of time. The first thing is, and then this is why Paul said in First Corinthians nine verse twenty seven that I I, I beat my body down. He uses very violent language. You know, I I buffet my body. I beat my body down. I make it my slave so that after I've I'm done. Uh, I'm not disqualified for the price. You know, uh, people talk about being a signpost. Don't be a signpost in ministry. I think I spoke about this sometime before. Um, yeah. Where signpost is always pointing people in the direction, but never moves, you know, anyway. It's just been there for the past 20 years. Tells you this is uh, Twickenham Drive or whatever the case may be. But yeah. it's stuck there for 21 years. Are you going to be like a signpost? Don't be a signpost. Showing everyone on the way to heaven and you yourself are not making any progress in that direction. So you have yeah. to be very patient about it. You know, uh, you can't relax. If someone like Paul was saying, guys, with all the things that he had seen and done, I'm still having to buffet my body and the, the violence of the language. You have to commit yourself. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be so many temptations. 
You have to be yeah. committed to the course. And the second thing I'll say is, um, uh, what was, what was the second thing I wanted to say about this is, yes, to be encouraged by what God said to Elijah. You know, Elijah was in a similar situation where he felt like he was the only prophet left. And he was saying, I'm the only one left and Jezebel wants to kill me too. And God uh, said to him, no, actually, I've got 7,000 uh, who have never bowed the knee to Baal. You know, for every guy that is falling or stumbling, there's countless pastors that are making sure that they are not on the phone to someone, uh, you know, to a woman past a particular time at, at night or who's always doing uh, counseling with the doors open if it's a woman and they're making sure that it's all recorded because they are concerned about transparency, you know? But those are not the guy, kind of guys that are going to get a lot of um, airplay because people are yeah. attracted the news, the scandal, the headlines. But there are so many other people that are, are doing right, that are fighting this battle and they're winning and they're, and they're actually faithful to their wives, good to you know, dads and mothers to their children and all that sort of thing. So I think yeah. you should be encouraged by that, you know, that uh, there are so many, for each of the people that we hear about, there are many others who are secretly tucked away, who are doing very well. Uh, and who are soldiering in the journey and have not, you know, as uh, the Lord said, bowed to bail, whatever bail means in our generation, yeah. whether it's whether it's money, whether it's fame. There are so many pastors who are who are working faithfully. So there is hope that it can be done, but you're going to have to make the commitment. I want to finish well. I want to hear well done, good and faithful servant, and let that be what yeah. drives you all the time. Wow, man, this is good. This is really good. Thanks, Kowaza. Thank you so much. Um, I think we're gonna we're gonna end it here. Uh, and then I just wanna, you know, Chen Chen said something uh, in our last uh, before before she left, and she said she would throw it back to us, man. I think just speaking to the guys as well as a fellow man, I you know I think this whole case, I think it brings to the surface something that's really important, which is that. As men, I think for a long time we we've also been very passive about these these issues. We've taken a, we've taken a lot of stuff for granted. We haven't really thought through the fact that you know these things are happening. That you know ladies are going through these kinds of things. Our sisters, our daughters, our mothers. You know they they're facing these things, and unfortunately, it's happening in church. And I think you know it's it's a time for us as men as well to to really begin to to take this seriously. And to take the proactive steps to say, hey, listen, you know, if there's a guy who's acting shady if, or, if, or if a leader is beginning to look like, mm, you're not sure. I think it's the onus is on us to begin to do something. Uh, the onus is on us to be accountable to each other, uh, genuinely accountable, like what, like what Kul was saying. I, I just think there's a place for us men to really begin to, 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 step, to step it up um, and not just, you know, sit, sit by the sidelines. I think that's, that's the thing that I would say. Uh, and then anything from you, T Mac? Uh, yes. Sorry, guys. I missed so much. I don't even know. Um, but um, yeah, I think I, the main thing that maybe I could I take out of the situation is for us as Christians to just as much as we can, whilst we must revere and honor our leaders we shouldn't get to a point where they are the focal point or they are the one who we benchmark our walk with Christ against. That's good. Because, yeah, I mean, leadership, it's not easy. And the same way power 
corrupt in the world, I think it can be the same in the kingdom. If you let certain things take root in your heart, then even as a pastor, power could corrupt you. You could start manipulating people. You could start um, letting it get to your head. Even when you're preaching humility, even when you're preaching chastity, you could be doing the exact opposite. So, yeah, I just urge us to keep our eyes on Christ, obviously, to keep him as our benchmark, him as our as our focal point, because, yeah, people will fail you <laughs> time and time again. You yourself will fail you. Awesome. Cool. Thank you, T-Mac. Thank you, Kuwaza. Um, thanks to Chennai. I think we're going we're gonna to end it here. Thank you guys for listening. And um, let's continue the conversation. Um, and, of course, you know, this is a very hot subject right now. So I, I want to urge you to, to have discussions around this, but also to seek God, also to take to heart a lot of the wisdom that was shared here today, because I think there's a lot that was shared that will be really helpful to all of us. But for today, we're going to end it here. All right. Peace. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast. If you want to make a contribution, make a suggestion, or have a request, you can get in touch with us via email on radiantatthehub.co.zw or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless. It's hot. It's fresh. It's uncut. Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.